As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What's up, guys? Welcome to this episode of Metalology. I have my boy Scribble in the house, me and him kicking it on this wonderful Tuesday morning. What is up, Scribble? What the fuck is popping? I'm so glad we're fucking doing this. Like I said, man, my favorite thing in the world is when biscuits. So I don't give a fuck what time it is. I'm talking about it. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> fuck yeah, man. Um, but really quick, before we get started with this episode, I just want to remind you guys to subscribe to Metology on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, the podcast is really kicking ass. This is our best, best month so far. Uh, having a ton of fun doing this podcast. Uh, and this is actually the first kind of episode uh, for this kind of a um, format for Metology. I don't have Alberto and Hondro with me today because, you know, they're punk asses and they like to sleep in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, bro, you're one of our first guests. Obviously, I've had my drummer, uh, Brandon from Defy on a couple Couple times we just had SD from uh, fr- from fractures slash a hero within on uh, this season, but yeah, bro, you were one of our first guests, and uh, really appreciate you coming on to talk about the biscuit. <laughs> hey, bro, I fucking appreciate coming on. Uh, the first episode I ever heard of uh, Metalology was the Nickelback episode, mm-hmm. um, and I was like, finally, I'm fucking hearing a podcast where people are like, you know what, this band kicks ass. So, so I was like, these are my fucking people. Hell yeah, <laughs> yeah, bro. The, oh, dude, that that episode that was um, that was Lou, our our co-host at the time. He's the manager for Defy the Tyrants, and uh, he he wanted to do that episode just to troll people because we would always talk shit at you know the shows we would play. We'd be like, yeah, you know, you know, we kind of you know we're secret Nickelback lovers. You know what I mean? Like we like Nickelback, and you know, fuck y'all. And he was like, let's just troll everybody. And that's one of our top downloaded episodes, which I think is fucking hilarious. <laughs> yeah, bro. I mean, you know, they get a lot of shit. You know what I mean? But but anyone who says how you remind me isn't a fucking banger is a fucking liar. Oh, yeah. yeah. Never again. Fucking there's somebody too bad. There's a great songs on that fucking, fucking hey, the riff to hangnail. Oh, my God, dude. It just sounds so massive. I love that. But album. Also, I, I think if people went back and listened to Silver Side Up and listened to The State and shit like that, they mm. would see that Nickelback isn't this form or didn't used to be a formulaic rock band where, you know, every it's like love song, fuck song. Uh, we must stand together kind of song. You know, now it's yeah. like every Nickelback album is kind of the same. It's like the same structure and 
and all this shit. But if you go back and listen to those first couple records, man, they're a great fucking rock band. Oh, 100%. 100%. yeah, that that I've I've always felt the Dark Horse, uh, their album Dark Horse is probably their heaviest. Uh, you know, especially uh, a couple of those songs on that record, it just it just sounds the the tones sound really heavy. Uh, my favorite Nickelback song is Because of You. That's off of the Long Road. I just always felt like that was a very like Pantera esque yeah. kind of song. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know what? The first three records, because I forgot about the Long Road, which is fucking blasphemy. Because the Long Road <laughs> is a fucking great album, bro. I bumped that shit. Hell yeah. All right, bro. So tell me, what is happening with you uh, for 2021? What are some plans uh, that are happening with Scribble this year? Well, 2020, I had so many fucking plans. I had a bunch of shows I was supposed to do, and everything got fucked by oh, COVID. Shit. So hopefully I, hopefully I can, you know, those shows still happen this next year. But, uh, you know, I, I'm planning on dropping uh, my album Black Eyed Children, which, by the way, I got to thank you for a feature on there from Marcos. That's right. From POD. Hell yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, me and you did an episode of my podcast. We did our top 10 POD songs. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you tagged Marcos in that shit, and Marcos started following me. I'm like, holy fuck. <laughs> so I immediately hit him up. I'm like, yo, you got to be on my record. He's like, I'm fucking down. I haven't done hip-hop for a while. Let's do it. Hell so yeah. I got to thank you right here live on the podcast, man. Thank you. Oh, uh, bro. It was a pleasure. You know, um, I believe that was my boy Ruben Torres who set that up. He was a guy who I was talking about on that episode. I go way back with him and, uh, you know, defy our, our POD, even though we're like two very different genres, you know, um, our POD roots uh, run really strong. Uh, we have a lot of contacts with those guys and, uh, I'm glad, I'm glad that Marcos is, uh, hopping on one of your tracks, man. That's awesome. You sent me a, little, a small clip and I thought it sounded really fucking cool. <laughs> Yeah, man, he fucking layered guitars, man. He fucking, I mean, it's beautiful. It's oh, beautiful. Yeah. I can't, I can't, I can't wait to, for motherfuckers to hear it. But yeah, so I'm, I'm planning on dropping that album. It's, it's gone through. I've been talking about this album for about a year and a half. You yeah. know, I've, I've gone back and uh, rewritten shit, cut shit, started all over again. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But now I'm finally to the point where I'm fucking super happy with it. Yeah. Got some amazing features, like I said, Marcos. I got Chris Barnes from uh, Original Cannibal Corpse, fucking Six Feet Under vocalist. Hell yeah. Um, I got some crazy features on this shit. Fucking Mr. Dibs from Atmosphere, Rhyme Sayers. So, yeah, I'm, just, I'm, I'm hyped for, for people to hear it. That's badass, bro. That is badass, and I'm uh, really looking forward to it. Uh, yeah, because you've been talking about that album for a minute. I'm, I want to hear this shit already. <laughs> I want to hear it already. Yeah. It's been a minute. I know. People are fucking bugging me every day about it. Cool, cool. Hell yeah, man. All right. Well, uh, you ready to get into the biscuit? You ready to talk? Fucking yeah. Yeah. Let me see. All right. So what I'm about to read is a quick little... I do this on every episode. I read a quick little excerpt from the band's bio on Wikipedia. Uh, Opinions on Wikipedia, you know, they kind of go back and forth. But, you know, I find that at least the general information is kind of reliable. Um, Yeah. Especially when you're a big fan of the band, you can kind of tell anyways. Uh, but yeah, so this is the Limp Bizkit, uh bio summary from Wikipedia for people that maybe don't know too much about Limp Bizkit and to give them context. Uh, Limp Bizkit is an American rap rock band from Jacksonville, Florida. Their lineup consists of Fred Durst, lead vocals, Sam Rivers, bass, backing vocals, John Otto, drums and percussion, DJ Lethal, turntables, and Wes Borland, guitarist, vocals. Their music is marked by Durst's angry vocal delivery and Borland's sonic experimentation. Borland's elaborate visual appearance which includes face and body paint masks and uniforms also plays a large role in the band's live shows the band has been nominated for three grammy awards sold 40 million records worldwide and won several other awards as well all right so that's a brief little summary of limp biscuit and uh, we're gonna go ahead we're gonna get into it so scribble you being the guest uh how did you get into limp biscuit what was your introduction to the band um how did how did you get into the biscuit well, it's funny because, um, and, uh, you know, I had a crazy ass childhood, uh, you know, been through the foster care system, all that kind of shit. So angry music always connected with me. Yeah. yeah. Even before, even before that, you know what I mean? Because my parents were, were metalheads. So I, I grew up listening to Sabbath and Metallica and Slayer and White Zombie and, and all that kind of shit. So, yeah. 
what's funny is I remember being in like third, fourth grade, and my best friend Brett loved Limp Biscuit, and he had Limp Biscuit shit all over his walls at his house. Hell and yeah. I remember going into his room and being like, "Fuck that shit! This shit is <laughs> fucking lame." But like, like a third, a third grader. Yeah. Saying this, I I'd never heard a fucking song in my life. Well, soon I got put into foster care, and my 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 foster brother had chocolate starfish. Oh shit. And, and I put that shit on, and ever since then, man, I've been totally hooked. Everything connected with me. You know what I mean? Just mm -hmm. the, the visceral anger anger of it. You know what I mean? Whether it's, you know, a lot of people say, oh, it's false anger. It's just fucking blah, blah, blah. But it didn't really matter when you're a fucking angry kid and you got issues. Yeah. That, shit's a great, that shit's a great outlet. So that's mm -hmm. how I got into Biscuit. I, I never fucking, you know, and... and that that continued on so like 2005, Limp Bizkit was my favorite band in middle school, like 2006, yeah. which was the absolute worst time <laughs> to be a Limp Bizkit fan. Yeah, I 100% I relate to that. <laughs> I'll always stick by them, man. I don't give a fuck. People could talk shit, blow me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Um, yeah, for me, it was a uh, you know very similar. Um, you know, I was actually, uh, seeing a childhood therapist, uh, for some trauma that I was going through. And, uh, I've said this multiple times and, uh, it's actually a story that I've shared because it's how I got into corn and uh, bands like corn, Deftones, Linkin Park. Um, but Limp Bizkit was the first band of that, of that group of artists that I really, really took to, um, a lot of it. I, I kind of, um, I take from WrestleMania 17, the promos for the rock and stone. <laughs> <Austin. Yeah. laughs> you know, like, like literally, I remember that year, like at the beginning of that year, I was listening like Backstreet Boys and sing, and then it kind of Dr. Dre, uh, the chronic 2001 and stuff like that. Uh, you know, very, very light, very like, you know, very light stuff. Uh, not saying that the Chronic 2001 is, but, you know, if there's one rap album that year that's going to get people into rap music, that that was the album, you know. And, um, you know, so I was listening to all that stuff. And then, uh, you know, when the promos for uh, WrestleMania 17 came out, I remember being like, what the fuck is this? You know what I mean? And um, just I remember, like, I recorded that on VHS and I used to watch that, like getting ready to go to school in the morning, getting kind of pumped up because, you know, I was I was dealing with some bullies at the time. So, you know, I was kind of growing some balls a little bit. And um, yeah, soon after WrestleMania 17, I told my therapist, hey, I really I really like this band Limp Biscuit," And he burnt me a copy of uh, chocolate flavored um, chocolate starfish in the hot dog flavor of water. And then uh, significant other back to back. He burnt me both CDs. And I remember just being hooked right off the bat. And then that that well, opened up the floodgates for me that, you know, I remember I bought significant other looked in the looked in the linear notes and was like I was taking notes like, oh, like. They're, they're thinking Deftones, Cold Chamber, Corn, you know, and just being like writing these bands down and then telling him to burn me more CDs from these bands, you know. Um, That's true. Can I just say, I've heard you, you tell this story on the podcast, and I, I find it so weird, but fucking yeah. often <laughs> that a therapist would fucking recommend a kid burn Corn mm -hmm. and fucking Limp Bizkit for a kid. That, yeah. I find that so fucking strange, but so bad. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he was. I mean, he wasn't like a. He wasn't like an older therapist. He's probably like in his like late thirties, I think. And uh, he was a little hip, you know, like he was a little cool. And uh, you know, but he he knew that like I was I was I was a very angry kid. And my my brother, he was also angry, but he kind of took to like things like Shaggy and Nelly and shit like that at the time. And yeah. uh, I liked it too, but I was like, I'm not. It's not really hitting me, you know what I mean? And so that's why we were trying different things out. And. Uh, he he burnt me he burnt me like a mix it was a mix of like a bunch of like pop songs and hip hop songs from that year and the last song was Deftones is uh, change and I took to that song but I didn't know what it was you know what I mean um, right it was really weird for me but uh, yeah my way was the first like rock song that that was like that that was me like that represented me um, and to this day like I still crank that song <laughs> you know yeah dude it's uh, the ultimate. Hell yeah, man. Uh, so next up, we I want to get into what are some of your favorite... We, we talked about this on the podcast, some of your favorite albums, songs. Uh, so what are some of your favorite albums or songs from Limp Bizkit? I know they don't got a ton of albums out, so if you want to cite some songs out, what are some albums or songs that really hit yeah. home for you? Um, Man, that's a fucking hard one because I love everything. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd say... A real turning point, um, and I had already been into Biscuit for a few years before this, but when The Unquestionable Truth came out, oh, yes. it was so fucking serious. Mm -hmm. and, and, like, the revert, you know, 
before that, Results May Vary came out, and, and a lot of people fell off. Yeah. By the time that album came out, they were trying, you know, that was like their serious, I'm an artist kind of album. It's almost a Fred Durst fucking solo record. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> and so, so when Unquestionable Truth came out and you hear the propaganda, Unquestionable Truth is my all-time favorite uh, Biscuit album, but I also love a lot of the unreleased shit from like the Results May Vary. So I love Crack Addict. Oh, hell yeah. Fucking, I love that fucking song. Uh, masturbation is a fucking great song. Mm-hmm. I don't know, man. There's a but trust from significant other. That's you know, hard. You when you act like you don't know me. <laughs> uh, I mean, 1999. I mean, how I I could fucking list off everything. You know, what I mean? <laughs> you know, and you know who's featured on uh, Trust is that Scott Weiland from Stone Temple Pilots. I was like, because uh, I remember reading that. And be like that's Scott Weiland, because uh, he, he's he's like a very like he has a very beautiful voice. He's a singer, you know. I remember yeah. being like, "Damn, he can do shit like that. Like that's weird." You know what I mean? I don't. Know, I just thought that was funny. <laughs> Wait, he he's the one screaming on it. Yeah, he's the one doing it with Fred. No. Yeah, dude. I what? I, I would have never guessed it. Are you sure? I'm one hundred percent. One hundred percent. Wow, dude. I didn't even fucking know that. Holy and, fuck. Yeah, and a lot of people don't know that actually on uh the song. Um, nobody like you. That it's actually Jonathan Davis, Scott Weiland, and Fred Durst all doing triple harmonies throughout the song. I was oh, like, yeah, "Fuck, yeah. dude, amazing album." Yeah, that's a great one too, man. And and I maybe I'm jumping the gun here, but Fred Durst. I mean, people talk so much fucking shit on this guy, and he's like, literally, if you meet him in person, he's the nicest, coolest mm-hmm. fucking guy. You could ever meet, and he gets so much fucking hate. I just don't get it. <laughs> you know, people gotta hate. You know, that's the whole thing. Like he created a character that, you know, that the the mainstream just they took to. You know, and everybody hated him. Everybody thought he was obnoxious. But you know, as an artist, I always thought he was great. You know, I always thought he yeah. he was a very smart <laughs> businessman. But that's that's what's missing today. Mm-hmm. I mean, let alone a fucking rock star. We don't have many rock stars left, except the old the old generation of rock stars, yeah. the Metallicas and Megadeths and shit like that. Like, mm-hmm. Fred Durst was one of the last real fucking rock stars. You know, he was polarizing. That's what a fucking rock star is. He, yeah. You're supposed to have that fucking be polarizing. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Say shit that people don't like. Do shit people don't like. Like, that's the fucking point of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? And he's a fucking... I'll, I'll, I'll fucking... I'll defend his bars all day. You know what I mean? Even like bars like the bars in Roland mm-hmm. aren't very defendable, but they're so fucking fun, they're totally defendable. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's supposed to be fucking retarded nonsense. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he, you even look at the first album where he's 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 spitting quick shit. Like he's going fast. You know, I'll never forget his verses in Stuck and um oh, what was that other one? Uh, nobody loves me. Like he's he's just or um pollution. He's just going super super fast for even like a rapper at that time. Yeah. You know, he's spitting bars on that, bro. Mm-hmm. Psycho email blowing up the phone line. You need to it tighten them screw. It's been loose for a long time. Bad luck. So I'm gonna bring you down with the block. Block. Hell yeah. Fuck yeah, man. So what would you say would be what would be your top three? What's your top three? My top three songs. Yeah. I'd have to go the propaganda number three. Mm-hmm. Um, trust number two. Sweet. Stuck number one. Hell yeah, that baseline for stuck man. Stuck was my first favorite song off that album. By the way, that was the first one that I was yeah. like, oh shit. Well, I'm cool with uh, Sam with Sam Rivers, mm-hmm. and I told him I told him flat out like, yo, stuck is the best fucking baseline. You've ever written. I don't know if he was offended, <laughs> but I had to tell him. You know, he probably looked at you like, "What? Four notes, man!" <laughs> <laughs> doom, doom, doom. Dude, it's so fucking perfect. Though it's so hip hop. Yeah. Um, for me, I don't know. Like, 
I always have my go-to Biscuit songs on Spotify. Like, you know, when I'm like, I'm going to listen to some Little Biscuit, I always go to these three. Uh, for me, it would be uh, Hot Dog. I love Ladies and Gentlemen. It's like, holy shit, what is going on, <laughs> you know? That riff um, is ridiculous. Oh, yeah. And even even the riff, too, like uh, on guitar, it's such an interesting riff because you're, you're um, what he's using is the whammy bar for, for some of those notes. And the whammy bar is something you do for, like, tricks in between riffs, and he actually turned it into a part of the riff which i thought was really interesting um and it sounds even cooler when both guitars are panned uh, left and right and they're both doing the same thing it sounds really crazy um so for me it'd be hot dog um i think the next one would be off of uh significant other which would be um oh fuck what is it why am i drawing a fucking blank on this one? Oh, uh i'm sorry don't go off wandering i always thought that was a very dramatic song uh especially yeah. with the string uh the the string composition going on with the track as well where it, it shows that limp biscuit isn't just as like rap rock band but they can do some alternative shit too they can make something a little more dramatic something a little more emotional and i thought that that that's a lot of limp biscuit that got kind of pushed on a, on the wayside because of their celebrity and because of the goofiness of the band that was presented yeah. by the mainstream at the time um but they did get serious on several songs especially early on um you know and number three i would say leech uh the demo version of leech i always thought oh that was super my cool. god dude when when the fucking <laughs> that, the gun, when the gun cocks uh -huh. and he does like, guttural fucking bleh! oh yep. my god dude, I love <laughs> leech, man. that might be in my talk i might have to take one out and put leech in there <laughs> yeah dude. and i was i remember i was so young reading that i was like leech and then in parentheses demo i'm like what the fuck is a demo <laughs> <laughs> Which yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't know if that was really a demo. It sounds like the exact rest of the album, like yeah. sonically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, so those would be uh, those would be my three. Uh, do you have any live experiences with Limp Biscuit? I don't, bro. Uh, I've never fucking seen Biscuit live, not yet. <laughs> um, I have. I mean, I've never seen Limp Biscuit live either. But I have a little stupid story. I shared this on the POD uh, podcast I did with you. Um, but my my manager for for my band Defy the Tyrants, uh, Luis Hernandez, he's really good friends with the guys in POD, especially uh, Marcos. And uh, I think this was like two years ago. He had hit me up on a Saturday morning. I was like waking up, and he was like, "Hey man, I'm gonna be going to a concert tonight. Do you want to roll?" I'm asking everybody, but nobody wants to go with me. And I was like, "Uh, I don't know, man. I'm kind of tired. You know, I'm gonna be spending time with uh, with my family. I don't know." So he goes right, and that night he's sending me pictures of him taking pictures with uh with head from corn <laughs> with fucking Fieldy, and uh, he got to see Limp Biscuit that night. I was like, "What the fuck?" And apparently it was like this like uh big like concert up in the L.A. area, and uh, yeah, it was Corn and Limp Biscuit and a couple other bands, and he was just chilling with everybody. And I was like, "You motherfucker!" <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was so mad. He was and he was telling me I don't even like Limp Biscuit, but they killed it. <laughs> Like, oh, well, that's one thing. That's one thing about uh, Limp Biscuit and Corn. You can fucking, you can hate their music as much as you want. You yeah. know what I mean? But if you go see them live, your mind will be changed. You might not come back and listen to the record, mm -hmm. but if you see those motherfuckers live, man, they turn haters into fans. Yeah. Straight up. Oh yeah, all the time. And I always tell everybody, I'm like, if you think Limp Bizkit sucks, go on YouTube, look up any download festival that they played, and tell me that they are a shit band. You know what I mean? Not, yeah, not just download, but any for pretty much any fucking show they've played. Mm -hmm. You know, you could you could look at fucking phone camera footage from like Russia, and the, it's a fucking stadium of people. Yeah, and it's fucking everyone jumping and going fucking insane. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, in high school, like when YouTube first came out, those were always like the first videos like I would watch is I would always be like, let me check out Limp Bizkit. Even though the videos at the time, uh, you know, they were taken f from years before. It was always like, how could people hate this fucking band? Look how badass they are. I come I come from the metalcore, hardcore scene here in San Diego. And I'm like, I've never seen a show like a Limp Bizkit show, like even on YouTube. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm like, I'm seeing yeah. mosh pits and people getting punched in the mouth and shit. But I've never seen like a wall of people just jumping up and down at the same time you know uh i always thought that was fucking killer oh bro they're fucking amazing live i think fred durst is one of the greatest front men of all time and fuck mm -hmm. i've said that before and people laugh at me it's like yo but you have to fucking see what he does to a crowd like i've yeah. never seen anybody it's like him and zach de la roca 
Mm-hmm. I mean, those motherfuckers amp up a crowd like no one I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. 100%. And it's like, you got to think like, okay, like a lot of people will say, oh, he was a shit frontman. He wasn't the, he wasn't a great frontman. What's the criteria for a great frontman? You know, first you got the personality, then you got to have, you know, um, the talent behind it, which, you know, yeah, some people can give Fred some shit on his bars or whatever. The dude was killing it no matter what. Um, you know, you don't, you don't become that successful because you're shit uh obviously now in this day and age i could have a different opinion on that (laughs) but uh you know back then it was like it was like dude like no and um you know uh, one of my things about a great frontman is when you think of a band a great frontman is the first thing you think about with that band you know i mean whether whether you like that band or not you know with nickelback it's you think of chad you know with saliva you think of josie scott you know with metallica you think of james hetfield or lars depending um you know and you know, you have your you, certain bands where, like, you know, Pantera, you know, when I think of Pantera, I think of uh, Dime, you know, or th- things like that. But with, with Limp Bizkit, not only do you think of Fred Durst, but Fred Durst is the only thing you think about. You don't the, the, the general music listener does not know there's other people in that band. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. It shocks me that people still think Limp Bizkit is Fred Durst. Yeah. Like, yeah. like they think it's a rapper named Limp Bizkit. <laughs> it blows my mind. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? <laughs> hell yeah um but yeah so before we get into the fall-off point which is uh one of my favorite parts of the show um i just want to get into what are as humans we're naturally driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed when i was looking to hire someone it was so slow and overwhelming I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What are some things that you like about Limp Bizkit? Like, what, just, what, what are some traits that, that Limp Bizkit has that maybe other bands don't have that you really, that really cater to you, that really, like, uh, you know, trigger your knobs? the hip-hop element of it Mm -hmm. i mean you can listen to every fucking new metal band on the planet any band that has rap mixed with metal they're not doing it right Mm -hmm. there's something that's not fucking with the exception of rage against the machine and pod Mm -hmm. you know what i mean but but for the most part like all these fucking new metal bands that came out were just like they either couldn't rap or they couldn't scream and they could rap really good. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I love I love that Fred could rap his fucking ass off. Laugh at me, motherfuckers. I don't care. <laughs> uh, and then he can go into a guttural fucking scream. And then he can do a fucking melodic hook. And then he could do a fucking acoustic song. And it's all fucking amazing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, Fred Dur- and, and there's this new thing of people. Like, people are starting to appreciate Lynn Biscuit again which I find very weird being, like, such a fan for such a long time. I, I can kind of explain that. I don't know if you want me to kind of... Uh... But, but here, here's mm-hmm. here's my take on it. I think... Um, I, I hear a lot of West Borland praise mm-hmm. and Fred Durst hate. And everybody wants to praise West Borland. Oh, he's the artsy guy in the paint and blah, blah, blah. But to me, Limp Bizkit is fucking Fred Durst. I love West Borland. Don't get me wrong. But this whole, like... Oh, Wes Borland is the artist of the band, and the rest of these guys are fucking trash and blah blah blah. Like that's what I'm hearing a lot, yeah. And I can't fucking stand it. Yeah, 
bro. Uh, to me, Fred Durst, without Fred Durst, that band would be nothing. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, 100%. Um, and I think I think with what Wes Borland brings to the band is that musical. Even though I, I do, I, I've always loved uh, John Otto and Sam Rivers, um, and I always thought it was cool that Limp Bizkit has a jazz section in the band yeah. because they're jazz yeah. musicians. Um, what Wes Borland brings to the band is kind of like a musical integrity that's more pushed to the forefront. It's more artistic. And Fred Durst brings, you know, the front man, the obnoxious front man element. And if you look at the dynamics of bands throughout history, every band from Aerosmith, Led Zeppelin, uh, Van, Halen. Van Halen, you know, who do you think of when you think of those dynamics? You think of Tony Iommi, Ozzy Osbourne, you think of Steven Tyler and Joe Perry, you think of uh, Eddie Van Halen and David Lee Roth or Sammy Hagar, but I'm, um, you know, whatever, but definitely not. <laughs> yeah. And, and Limbiscuit, they had that dynamic of the nineties with the, uh, the front man and the guitarist. It was, it's a really cool dynamic. You have the obnoxious front man and then you have the uh, art artsy, you know, guitarist and it's, it's, it just goes down through history you know it's 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 a part of the history of rock and metal um and i agree with you 100 on limp biscuit probably being the most uh true to hip-hop of the new metal bands because even with the new metal bands you look at bands like um let's just say a lincoln park okay a lincoln park yeah they're rapping rapping rock but they also have a strong electronic push in their music rage against the machine yeah. rap rock but they have a strong funk push in their music you know, um, Limp Biscuit is the only band of the new metal bands where it's literally rock, pure rock, and pure hip hop. You know, they, yeah. they they don't do nothing else but those two things, um, which I thought is. Uh, th I think and we gotta give it, and we gotta give give a lot of that to John Otto. Oh yeah, because John Otto is one of the most underrated fucking drummers, and his his when he goes full hip hop, man. He's mm -hmm. fucking unfuckwittable. Yeah. I love John Otto. Yep. <laughs> and he also helped create that bounce. Uh, Limp Bizkit had another thing Limp Bizkit has that a lot of those new metal bands don't have is there's a natural bounce to their music. There's a reason why people yeah. jump to their music. There's a reason why you're able to bob your head the way you do because there's a bounce. And, um, a couple of minutes ago, you said, uh, you know, now there's kind of like this new uh, interest in Limp Bizkit again. Um, well, I think it was about a year ago, uh, this band called Bring Me the Horizon, which is one of my favorite uh, new new metal bands, not new metal, but new metal bands. Um, right, right. They, they were actually writing with uh, Fred Durst. They actually wrote a song with Fred Durst called It's a Wonderful Life, and it has uh, Danny Filth from Cradle of Filth on there. And Fred, really? Durst, Fred Durst helped guide the bounce of that riff, and it was like, holy shit. And it was like the one riff of the album that it was like that. They just put out a new album and said, like, dude, some of our biggest influences on this new album were, like, the 90s new metal bands, Limp Bizkit, Korn, all those guys. And when you listen to the album, it's like, dude, there's a lot of 90s new metal in this album. Like, they just went overload with it, um, but in, like, a natural way. And they cite Limp Bizkit as one of their biggest uh, influences, which I thought was yeah. fucking crazy. Yeah, I find that a lot, bro. Like, a mm -hmm. lot of these new metal N.E.W. metal bands, Mm -hmm. A lot of the metalcore bands and shit, too, like, you can hear the corn and the biscuit in their shit, you know yeah. what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I feel like for a long time, especially when metalcore just, like, just started popping, like, motherfuckers were like, nah, 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 like, they weren't claiming any of that shit. But now mm -hmm. it's kind of cool because the culture is like whatever you like and don't give a fuck. Exactly. And I like that that's kind of become the culture in 2020. Yeah. Like you know the, what I mean? The elitism is dying. Yeah, like people aren't afraid to be like, "Hey, we fucking love Limp Bizkit. We fucking love Corn. We fucking love Cold Chamber. Whatever it is, you know." Yeah. yeah. Um. So let's go ahead. Let's get into my favorite part of the show: the fall-off point, the 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 subject nobody really talks about. You know, uh, mm -hmm. at what point? And we'll we'll have you start this one off. Uh, did you ever have a fall-off point with Limp Bizkit? Was there ever an album or a song that just turned you down, turned you off so much that you were like, you know what, I'm. I don't know if I can be a fan anymore. I didn't know, you know, I, I'm just not digging them anymore. It, well, did you ever have a fall off point with Limp Bizkit? I did. Mm. Gold Cobra. Really? <laughs> wow. <laughs> Gold, it wasn't results may vary that did it. <laughs> it was Gold Cobra, man. I don't, I don't, feel, I mean, and, and with the exception of a few, like Get a Life is fucking great. I love Douchebag. Mm -hmm. I love Bring It Back. There's some songs on there. I love the song Gold Cobra. Yeah. But there's some songs on there that were really just try hard. I felt were like way too try hard. 
and had no bounce, or there, or there was something missing, like with the production or something of it. You know, I don't feel like that album has the bounce that I need from Limp Bizkit. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll I'll, I'll give you that. It's yeah. flat. It's flat. You know, mm-hmm. it feels flat when I listen to it. But I mean, that didn't make me give up on Limp Bizkit. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Why try, dude? Why try is a fucking banger. That's oh, the yeah. most bouncy song on that album. Mm-hmm. Um, so I never gave up on Limp Bizkit. I was just like, this is, I've been waiting for years and years, and this is what I got. And this is disappointing. I want a new one. <laughs> and yeah. so now, now I've waited almost 10 fucking years. So <laughs> no matter what, it's, I mean, I don't feel like it's going to live up to my expectation if it ever comes out, you know? Yeah. So I'd say Gold Cobra was my fall off point. Yeah, um, yeah, that, yeah, that's surprising. Uh, for me, I, obviously, I'm, I'll, I'll just say it was Results May Vary. Um, you know, Results May Vary was the first album I bought in my life that I was disappointed by. It was the first time that I was like, "What?" Uh, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And uh, I remember like leading up to that album, I was so hyped. You know, I was like, "Okay, what's Borland?" Even from the time I was young, he was one of my favorite guitar players. And I was like, okay, even though he left the band, I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm still going to like it. And Because uh, I didn't understand band dynamics at the time. I didn't understand what certain members brought to the table. And I remember hearing Eat You Alive and being like, oh, you know, this song is actually, I like the video, I like the song. And I remember seeing the making of the album leading up to the album's release and being like, oh, this is. Oh, yeah, I was yeah like, the MTV launch. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and the whole Britney Spears thing that was going on with uh, Fred Durst and, uh, and Britney at the time. That shit was hilarious. And um, I remember just like being so hyped about that album, bought the album. It was like, okay, you know, eat you live, you know, killer track. And then uh, give me the mic. I was like, oh, that's, that's pretty heavy for Limp Bizkit. That's cool. And then from then on, it was like, what is this mellow shit? Like they just, they, they took rearranged and like made it every other song on the album. And I was like, what the fuck, dude? Um, and it took years for me to grow an appreciation for the album. You know, uh, songs like Down Another Day, uh, Build a Bridge. Um, I thought those were great. Those were great songs. But, you know, looking back now, like, yeah, I, I see. I can understand why I didn't like those songs. Um, yeah. I for, will say mm-hmm. results. Sorry to interrupt. No, but results may vary has the ultimate worst Limp Bizkit song of all time. Which and one? that's Red Light, Green Light. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh my god, dude! You're gonna get Snoop on a song and fucking do this. What, what a lazy hook! Oh, oh dude, it's a- absolutely cringy. <laughs> what a lazy fucking hook! Red light, green light. I was like, what? Yeah, you- what? what? <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah. So uh, that I remember that album came out, and I was uh, it took me a little bit, but at some point I was like, you know, man, fuck Limp Bizkit, I'm done. Uh, and, and I was like, I was literally like that until the unquestionable truth. My, my bass player, uh, for defy the tyrants, one of my best friends for the last 17 years, he showed up to school and he was like, Hey man, you know, Limp Bizkit dropped a new album. You got to check it out. And I was like, he, he, he let me borrow it for the day. And I remember being like a new album. It's only like seven songs. Is this even an album, dude? Like, are you serious? And I told him how much did this album cost? He said it was like 16 bucks. I'm like 16 bucks for seven songs. What the fuck? And, and that's what killed the music industry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, but I remember just throwing it on and falling in love with with the propaganda, just all that, you know, angst in that track. But the one song that still to this day is my favorite song on the record is um is the truth. It's that bass line. It's a you know. Da, 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 I recently showed my guitarist that song because he's he's not the biggest Limp Bizkit fan and uh, we were driving up to uh, to Marietta and I was like you know I'm gonna kind of trick him a little bit I'm like hey man you you gotta check out this song you know because he likes like really cool bass lines and for like the first minute he was like you know this this is really cool I'm really digging this who is this and I was like it's Limp Bizkit and he was like really he's like is this new Limp Bizkit I'm like nah (laughs) this shit came out like 15 years ago. I've done that to so many people with that album. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and it's always, you know, and I'm sure like you, you know, like most of your friends are like metalheads, right? Uh, pretty so much. They're right. into like actual metal. Like, I mean, you can, like, people consider Limp Bizkit like poser metal or fake, like all that fucking nonsense, right? Yeah. But you put on the propaganda or the truth and, and, and even when the vocals come in, like some of my homies didn't even recognize the vocals because it's very Rage Against the Machine-ish. Yeah. He's actually talking about some shit. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. that's a good way to... I've also done that with uh, the Vanilla Ice 
uh, Hard to Swallow New Metal album, which is not very good. No. But it just blows people's minds like, that's Vanilla Ice. What the fuck? <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, dude, that, that album, you know, I don't know. Results yeah, like, I, I, I have a love hate relationship with that album. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I love Build a Bridge, man. I think Build mm-hmm. a Bridge is one of the best Limp Bizkit songs, and it's Head playing guitar on it. Who knew that Head could play acoustic guitar? It sounds great. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's he's definitely way more talented than he lets on but um yeah man i don't know there, there, there's a video of him like doing like some shred guitar playing and he's just fucking around and i'm like really <laughs> really you wow, can do that really? yeah he's just fucking around he just like if you youtube it it's literally just him in the in the studio recording some love and death shit and he's just like messing around he's doing some shred work and i'm like what for real uh, but Mon- Monkey yeah. has came out and said like Head is musically the most proficient guitarist because uh, they all play guitar. He's the most um, proficient guitarist of the band, uh, which explains you know some, some things. I don't know. I don't know uh, if that's good or bad. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, going back to results may vary. They really they really fucked the fans over with the singles on that because mm-hmm. the first single was like Eat You Alive, and I remember I got the Eat You Alive EP. Yeah. Which had Eat You Alive, Just Drop Dead, which was the uh, Britney Spears disc. I love that track. And, and a song called Shot. Mm-hmm. And they were all like good, heavy songs. So you were expecting like, oh, Limp Bizkit's back, motherfucker. And then mm-hmm. you got results from Mary. And maybe the reason I didn't, I, I didn't hate it because I was 11 years old when that album came out. I was full on into Limp Bizkit. I loved mm-hmm. everything. I loved their softer songs. It'll Be Okay is a fucking great song. Um, so it didn't really affect me like that. You know what I mean? Like to me, it was just like, oh, this is what Limp Bizkit's doing now. But obviously, with hindsight, yeah, that that really fucking that really dropped them. Yeah, yeah, you know. But you know, I, I'm I'm glad they did it because it did, it showed off a different side of the band, which I think all bands, um, you know, they they, they should every every band should be able to deviate a little bit from what they're known for. Um, but I don't know. I I, I think what, you know, but every band. I mean, every every new metal band in 2003 was doing that. Yeah. You know what I mean? P.O.D. did it. You know, they, they lost Marcos and got fucking, uh, what's his name? Uh, yeah, yeah. So they got Truby, and it was just like an almost an alternative rock album or something, you know, with obvious, like, P.O.D. influence in it. But a lot of bands were fucking totally flipping the script in 2003 because after 9-11, who wants to hear I'm going to fuck you up songs? Yeah, you know. Yeah, very true, very very true. Yeah, I remember. Yeah, you you were right. A lot of bands were changing. Papa Roach, I remember, was changing their sound at the time too. Um, damn, that, yeah. If you think about it, that, was a really uh, transitional year for a lot of bands. <laughs> yeah, bro. Uh, but you know what? I love Corn because Corn released "Take a Look in the Mirror," which is my favorite Corn album, and it's the most new metal fucking album I've ever heard in my life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're like, let's double down on this motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Um, before we go, I want to hear. Uh, we, we started this new um, this new subject for this season called recommendations. So for th- this is your chance for people who aren't into Limp Biscuit or who never got a Limp Biscuit, or maybe don't even know who, who Limp Biscuit is. What are some songs or albums that you would recommend to them? Man. <laughs> That's hard. Because it, it depends. If you love like fun shit, like that, you just is you don't have to pay attention to lyrical uh, themes or anything like that. I would definitely say Rollin' is a good way, or you know, one of the big hits, Nookie, Rollin', Break Stuff, and Together Now. The big hits are, are the way to go, but if you're more of a metalhead and you have this thing toward Limp Bizkit, like they fucking suck, but you've never really like dug into them. Yeah, I'd say I'd say go to fucking Leech, Stuck, or anything from the Unquestionable Truth. No, oh no, that was the uh, three dollar bill, y'all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm yeah. saying like, oh, oh, okay, okay, my bad. Leech, <laughs> Stuck, Sour, certain song, Pollution. Mm-hmm. from three dollar bill or anything from unquestionable truth if you want like serious gritty raw limp biscuit fuck yeah hell yeah i agree i agree with that <laughs> yeah if <laughs> yeah if, if you if you want something raw definitely the first limp biscuit album or the unquestionable truth you are you're definitely correct on that um you know for me 
Chocolate Starfish is my favorite, my favorite Limp Bizkit album, hands down. I know every song front to back, every lyric. Uh, I even learned the whole album on guitar at one point. Um, you know, so I've always said if if you're into some real heavy shit, check out Phil Nelson. Um, that song hits hard. Um, if you're into like some groovy shit, check out Living It Up. Uh, that midsection where it goes from, you know, they do the Limp Bizkit quiet, quiet kind of build up into like the boom. Um, you know, that track definitely. No, that's my gener my generation, another one, another great one if 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 you're not in Yeah. Uh and I have like hip hop friends who um who don't listen to rock music and actually what's funny, shout out to my boy Seven Seas. He's uh he's a hip hop producer here in San Diego that I I've worked with a lot. I'm gonna be doing some session work for him in January. But um, you know, I remember going on a road trip with him and he doesn't listen to rock or metal, you know, we're just chilling and I was like, Oh, let me put on some Limbisky, you know, whatever. He tried to find like a, a middle ground for us and he was like, We were listening to some shit and he was like, Hey man, put on Roland and I'm like, I put it on. He was like, No, no, put on the remix. And I was like, what? I put yeah. I put it on. We fucking cranked that shit for like an hour, just front, you know, the whole song on repeat. And we're just jamming to it, lyric by lyric. Um, so for people who maybe aren't into rock music, maybe, you know, who are more into hip hop, which I don't know why they would be listening to this podcast then. But, uh, you know, End Together Now and the the Roland Air Raid remix with DMX, Method Man and Red Man. Fantastic songs. Um, it's not Tang Focus. It's Wu Tang. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so I would say Full Nelson, um, uh, Boiler is another track that if you're in like some heavy artistic shit, uh, Boiler is a great track for that. It's it's 100% serious. There's no fucking around with that song. It's a dramatic song, killer guitar work by Wes Borland. The whole band, really. Um, you know, Wes does like this really cool like Kerry King kind of solo at the end, like, just hitting the whammy bar. Um, wonderful track and the video. I've always loved the video for that song too. Yeah, I was gonna say the video is fucking ridiculous. Oh yeah. Um, and then yeah, it'll be okay. Another one of my favorite songs off that record. So uh, yeah, I would say really if if you're new to Limp Bizkit or you're just getting in Limp Bizkit, um, you know my recommendation would would be Chocolate Starfish because some of like the, the the more higher production, but the some some of the heaviest riffs are on that too. But if you're into some raw shit, three dollar bill y'all is, is the way to go. Um, with the unquestionable truth added onto that as well. Yeah, one hundred percent, bro. You you said it perfectly. Like if you're a normie. Go to Chocolate Starfish. Mm -hmm. That's that's what's gonna hook you in. Uh, but if you're already into into heavy shit, you know you want to go to the first album or Unquestionable Truth. Exactly. Yeah, it, 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 it's it's similar. If you if if you're into Corn, but you were never into Limp Bizkit, Corn has that same kind of dynamic where the first couple records were super raw, you know, because of uh, Ross Robinson. But then even right. like a, a couple albums later, you know, with Fall the Leader and Issues, um, even with the higher production value, they still had those had the, the 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 grit to it. They still had the heaviness to it. Um, you know, so yeah, man. I mean, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll say that. So we're we're pretty much in agreement on that. I love it. Um, yeah. Is there anything else you want to add, add, add to the discussion? There's not much to select from, so it's not surprising we're in agreement. Yeah. <laughs> they got fucking four records and an EP. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, they need to get to work on Stampede because this shit is taking forever. I'm well, like, supposedly, supposedly there's like 30 instrumental tracks all done, and it's all on Fred, and it's been that way for fucking six years. So maybe Fred is in one of his fucking screaming at the pillow, or screaming into a pillow, you know, like from the documentary. Yeah. Uh, maybe he's in a, you know, he's got writer's block or something. But I really liked uh, the singles they dropped. Yeah. They dropped some singles, and I thought they were really fucking good. Even Endless Slaughter is like five different songs in one, just like totally different styles. Yeah. And fucking uh, the track with Lil Wayne is a banger. So yeah, I, I want more fucking so songs, goddammit, and I'm sick of waiting. This is becoming like a fucking Guns N' Roses situation. Yeah. <laughs> it's been too long, too long. Wes Borland has put out like four records in the last 10 years. I'm like, Limp Bizkit, come I know, on, dude. <laughs> is like, fuck this. I'm going to just fucking drop shit then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well scribble thank you so much for coming on the show i really appreciate it man this has been a long time coming we've been talking about this for a year bro 
<laughs> I was supposed to do this last year when I was uh, I, uh for my listeners I'm on Christmas vacation right now and the last year I um it was like last minute we were gonna do it and then I got uh my boss told me hey man I need you to work you know this week leading up to Christmas and I was like fuck he's like yeah I mean you're gonna get you're you're gonna get holiday pay for the whole week and this and that I'm like fuck and I told you man we gotta postpone or whatever so this has literally been a year a year coming and I, I appreciate <laughs> I, I appreciate your patience and I appreciate um appreciate you being on the podcast and taking your time and uh, chilling with me man I've, I've had a blast man hey bro well I'm, I'm always down to fucking talk about the shit i love you know what i mean and we we were gonna do uh the megadeth episode um i'm glad uh i wasn't involved in that i would have lost my shit <laughs> <laughs> well you know th th that's a teaser for season five of metaology you know <laughs> I'm, i'll keep in touch with you on that one <laughs> We'll have to do Megadeth Part Two, and I'm gonna just school your ass the whole fucking. <laughs> right, <laughs> we're actually doing episodes where we're starting to revisit. We're revisiting a band from each uh, season. So for this season, we just revisited Corn, which we covered on season one. Uh, so yeah. you know, you know, well, I'll, I'll keep in touch with you regarding that Megadeth one. You know, maybe we'll... <laughs> nah, you better, motherfucker. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. And we gotta we gotta get that that second POD podcast going. Hey, could you plug your podcast real quick? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I got a podcast. It's called The Psycho Have Blowout. But uh, basically, the way you find it, search FAMCAST, F A M CAST Media. Uh, anywhere you download podcasts, that's the network I'm on. Uh, check out The Psycho Have Blowout. We do top tens. Uh, I just did a top ten immortal songs, uh, which is, you know, some black and thrash metal with my homie Kwame. Uh, we just dropped that. Uh, last week and uh, dropping uh, 10 guilty pleasure songs with the homie Matt the Rat uh, today actually so yeah go check out the podcast it's fucking dope follow me on Instagram at Scribble Official and uh, yeah thanks for fucking uh, letting me on the podcast man I loved it dude thank you so much for coming on I'll have all the links in the description box of this episode you guys can go uh, support your boy Scribble Scribble you got any new tracks coming out uh, in 2021 in the beginning anything else you want to plug in yeah, I just dropped a single a couple of weeks ago called uh, Find My Way. Uh, that's the first single from the new album. And uh, I'm going to drop about two, three more singles, getting some music video shit together. So it'll all be coming early 2021. Sweet. Sounds yeah. great, man. I'm looking forward to it. Once again, Scribble, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it, man. No doubt, bro. All right. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to this episode. I'll see you guys on the next episode of Metalology. Yeah. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.